Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan. This is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver about the Wastelands, the third novel in the Stephen King's classic Dark Tower series. Today is March 25th, a Monday, and God, we're on. I don't even know where I am. There I am. Book two? Did we get to book two? I'm not even sure how we are. It's book two, I believe, because book two is really short. Book two, chapter, I think, four? Yeah, four. Let's see, it's weird. Yeah. It's technically the first chapter of... Technically, it's... Well, it's still the fourth chapter of the book. <laughs> yeah, it, oh, okay. The, it's weird. I hate how he does this. <laughs> <laughs> book two... We're in fourth chapter. Called Town and Katet. So, book three of the trilogy... Or, book three. It's not a trilogy. Novel, <laughs> novel three. Novel three. Book, book two... two Chapter 4, book 2 called A Heap of Broken Images. Chapter 4 called Town and Cotet. Yeah, so there's all Why that. does he continue the chapters but separate it into books? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, if it's going to be chapter, why wouldn't it be chapter 1 of book 2? I agree with you, 100%. Doesn't change, that's not what he did at all. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I should have uh, get back to the actual beginning here. I, yeah, I opened up to the ending, too. Don't worry. Close, close, right there. Ah, down and content. What page is yours on? 219? Okay. Just one. It should be the same. That's sometimes, this I th- wonder. Well, only the first book. <laughs> only the first book was it real wonky. We've moved on from that. Our pictures are in different spots. Yeah, they're in different spots. <laughs> like, Gasher's, like, in this... Yeah, that picture. That is an ugly-ass picture. I mean, it's a good picture, but he's an ugly-ass man. Yes, yes. But I, don't, I think he, I don't think he's supposed to be a handsome fellow. No, no, he's not. He was never described as handsome. He's really not. We'll get to him later. Ready, then. All right, we're starting off. Four days after Eddie yanked Jake through the doorway, he is awoken by a warm and wet nuzzling at his face. Jake is, not Eddie. Yeah, not Eddie. Yeah. yeah, well, Jake is being awoken <laughs> by a wet, warm. So we, we find out that he technically should have been scared by this, considering that he has been having horrible nightmares and running fevers. He's been dreaming about the plaster man. Yes, and having big fevers because of the fancy spider bite he yeah. received in the last chapter. The ugly, horrible, disgusting spider. The, the, the thump. The, what was it? The, oh. Aw. What was it called? Oh, God. The oh, wet... The, the flump, flumpy... What was it? I don't remember the exact oh, terminology. That was like my favorite part, too. It's in your old note somewhere. I don't know. Um, it's not in my notes, so it's I not can't. In your look, notes. No, because I didn't write that specific thing down. Uh, I wasn't impressed with it as much as you were. I thought it was a lump. I don't know. Flump, thumpy, flumpy lump. I don't know. It's I can't find it. it it's somewhere. It's, I don't remember where. Uh, it should have been about two thirds of your notes, the way through, because flabby thump. Flabby. 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 Flabby thump. thump. There we go. That's what it was. We got there. Oh, alrighty. To which, of course, Roland talks with Eddie about it, and they decide 
to give him some medicine. Of course, of course. <laughs> Let's give him some of the 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 the, the chiflet. The, the um, <laughs> as Roland, the chiflet. Yes. Roland said, then looked disgustingly at Eddie. You tell him. I still can't say it. <laughs> when, the K flex. Yeah. yeah, I think K flex is what we decide. Anyway, it's um penicillin. Yes. Let's just give the word. We all know. Everybody knows what penicillin is. You can trust it, Jake. It came from a government-approved pharmacy in good old New York. Roland swallowed a bunch of it, and he's as healthy as a horse. Looks a little like one, too, doesn't he? This says, how did you get medicine in New York? Oh, that's a story. <laughs> that's a long story, the gunslinger said. You'll hear all of it in time. But for now, just take the pill. Peer pressure, peer pressure. <laughs> well, you're dying. <laughs> take the pill. Do something. So, yes. So we're back to Jake waking up because something nuzzled him and he's he's not as scared as he was. He just kind of opens his eyes and there's these big gold-rimmed eyes just staring at him. Jake! Sorry. <laughs> Says, the creature which had been licking his cheek took two hasty steps backward. It was a billy bumbler, but Jake didn't know that. He had never seen one before now. It was skinnier than the ones Roland's party had seen earlier, and its black and gray striped fur was matted and mangy. There are a clot of old dried blood on one flank. Its gold-ringed black eyes look at Jake anxiously, its hindquarters switched hopefully back and forth. Jake relaxed. He supposed there were exceptions to the rule, but he had an idea that something wagging its tail, or trying to, was probably not too dangerous. Probably not. Unless it's a cat. Yeah, unless it's a cat that's going to eat you <laughs> alive. I'm just going to here because it just reminded me. Everybody, all one or two of you decided to get this far into the episode. Go watch Love, Death, and Robots. Oh my goodness. Go watch that. It's really good. I'm going to push it like I did Spider-Man. Go see Love, Death. Or get on Netflix. Their tiny little animated anthology series. It's pretty awesome. Go check it out. Just random plug. Did yeah, I have they to. have to do anything with anything right now? It did. The cat. Oh, okay. You mentioned cat. Okay. You mentioned cat. As long as it has some connection to watch something. Watch the second episode. Okay. I haven't gotten that far yet. I know you haven't. That's why I say watch the second episode. But yes, it's about 5.30 in the morning. And the only reason why Jake can kind of tell this is just by feeling. Because <laughs> his watch is dead. Yeah, it doesn't seem to work over here at all. Yeah. And it's not even that it stopped. It's that it is going crazy. It is saying that there's times that should not even exist. Yeah. Extreme extension. When he had first glanced at it after coming through, the Sekio claimed it was 98 hours, 71 minutes, and 65 seconds. So that's solid. And that it was also running backwards, but he thought maybe that could still work, except it would stop, and then out of nowhere just blur by a bunch of numbers. So it's like, you can't really tell time that way. It says, right now, the Sekio claimed it was 62 minutes past 40 on Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday in both December and March. Sounds legitimate. And when uh, Jake shows this to Roland... Roland is unusually completely unimpressed by this watch. He's just like, oh, that's an interesting clock. Clocks don't really do much yeah, around here. No, no. Not very useful. Like, okay, well, thanks. 
Oh, and I thought you might be more mystified by the fancy watch, but... But no. So apparently, he, he just kind of gave up on his watch, and he looks around and finds everybody still sleeping. He's the only one awake, and he was awakened by this Billy Bumbler. That, according to him, looks like a combination between a raccoon, a woodchuck, and a little bit of dachshund. Gather Dawson in there, just... Uh, how you doing, boy? He asked softly. Oi! The Billy Bumbler replied at once, still looking at him anxiously. Its voice was low and deep, almost the bark. The voice of an English footballer with a bad cold in his throat. Jake recoiled, surprised. The Billy Bumbler, startled by the quick movement, took several... Further steps backward, seeming uh, seemed about to flee, and then held its ground and hind quarters wagging back and forth more strenuously than ever. And its gold eyes continued to regard Jake nervously, and whiskers and stout. Let's see. This one remembers men. A voice remarked at Jake's shoulder. He looked around and saw Roland squatting just behind him, with the forearm resting on his thigh and his long hang, hand dangling between his knees. He was looking at the animal with great deal of attention. A great deal more attention than he has shown Jake's watch. What is it? Jake asked softly. He did not want to startle it away. He was enchanted. Its eyes are beautiful. Billy Bumbler, Roland said. Umber! It talks? Not really. Bumblers just repeat what they hear, or used to. I haven't heard one do it in years. This fellow looks almost starved. Probably came to forage. He was licking my face. Can I feed it? That sounds like me, by the way. We'll never get rid of it if you do, Roland said, then smiled a little and snapped his fingers. Hey, Billy! The creature mimicked the sound of the snapping fingers somehow. It sounded as if it were clucking its tongue against the roof of its mouth. Hey! It called in its hoarse voice. Hey, Illy! Now, it ragged hind, now its ragged hindquarters were positively flagging back and forth. Go ahead and give it a bite. I, know, I knew an old groom once who said a good bumbler is good luck. This looks like a good one. Yes, Jake agreed. It does. I would agree as well. <laughs> <coughs> Says apparently they can be quite faithful or were in the old days, although I never heard one that would remain as loyal as a good dog. The wild ones are scavengers, not dangerous, but a pain in the ass. To which, of course, the, you know, the bumbler is like, yes, repeat it. <laughs> because I heard it, I have to repeat it. But yeah, so Jake kind of throws him a burrito. With lots of a burrito. Yes. To which he decides that the uh, leaf, not <laughs> particularly tasty, but the meat inside the leaf, that that's what we want. <laughs> It pretty much, they describe it as him, like, delicately just taking the leaf away and just... I don't think with his fingers and paws. Probably not. Like, he gently unfolded as he <laughs> sat down to have an eloquent dinner. Well, uh, uh, well, sort of. It says, then used one paw to separate the chunk of deer meat from the leaf. That's still nowhere as delicate as you made it. <laughs> like unfolding a napkin. <laughs> Before he's about to eat his sushi or something. Of course. That's a skinny one, Eddie said, sleepily from behind them. At the sound of his voice, the mumbler immediately turned and was gone into the mist. 
You scared it away, Jake accused. Jeez, I'm sorry, Eddie, said. He ran a hand through his sleepy, corkscrewed hair. If I'd known he was one of your close personal friends, Jake, I would have dragged out the coffee cake. Roland clapped Jake bri- uh, briefly on the shoulder. It'll be back. Are you sure? If something doesn't kill it, yes. We fed it, didn't we? And then the drums start again. Which probably would have scared it off anyway. Yeah. It said, this was the third morning they had heard them, and twice the sound had come to them as afternoon slipped down toward the evening. A faint, toneless thudding from the direction of the city. The sound was clearer this morning, if no more comprehensible. Jake hated it. It was if, somewhere out in that thick and featureless blanket morning mist, the heart of some big animal was beating. Looks like they're back on the move again. Or talking. Well, no, they're they're moving. Yeah. They get get on the move. They are having trouble with Susanna's chair because the road's getting rougher. Uh, see some bison. <laughs> they looked like bison to Jake, except he saw several which had two heads. He mentioned this to Ro- uh, Roland. Of the gunslinger, and Roland nodded. Muties, like under the mountain. Jake heard the fear in his own voice, and knew the gunslinger must also. But he was helpless to keep it out. He remembered that endless nightmare journey on the handcart very well. Oh. Oh. It was not a good time for Jake. No, no. And then, of course... Everyone still has this hope that in the city, there's going to be help. There's going to be <coughs> real people. Not mutants, not enemies, <coughs> just people. People that can help them and feed them. And so, damn, Roland's kind of just like, you know what? I don't know any more than you do, but... Come on, it's going to be like that scene out of uh, Uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, where they okay. See, where they in the woods and get surrounded by the elves. And, oh, but they're nice elves, and they're gonna give us fancy trinkets. And not, I don't know about that. <laughs> but yes, everybody's kind of like throwing it, like looking around at this place, wondering what happened to it, trying to figure it out. And Roland's like, no use even trying to guess. Whatever happened there happened long ago. That over there was probably a corral. Now it's just a few sticks poking out of the grass. The world has moved on, right? Roland nodded. What about the people? Did they go to the city, do you think? Some may have, Roland said. Some are still around. What? Susanna jerked around to look at him, startled. Roland nodded. We've been watched the last couple of days. There aren't a lot of folk dinning in these old buildings, but there are some. There'll be more as we get closer to civilization. He paused. Or what used to be civilization. Mm-hmm. How do you know they're there? Jake asked. <laughs> Smelled them. Seen a few gardens hidden behind banks of weeds grown purposely to hide the crops. And at least one working windmill way back in the grove of trees. Mostly, though, it's just a feeling. Like shade on your face instead of sunshine. It'll come to you three in time, I imagine. Roland and his mystic gunslinger yeah, That's powers. what he is. He, he's... <laughs> He's pretty magical. Hmm. 
Do you think they're dangerous? Susanna asked. They were approaching a large ramshackle building that might once have been a storage shed in the abandoned country market, and she eyed it uneasily. Her hand dropped to the butt of her gun she wore on her chest. Uh, will a strange dog bite? The gunslinger countered. What's that mean? Eddie asked. I hate it when you start up your Zen Buddhist crap. Roland? It means I don't know, Roland said. Who is this man Zen Buddhist? Is he wise like me? <laughs> oh, yes, Roland. Yes, he's wise like you. Eddie looked at Roland for a long, long time before deciding the gunslinger was making one of his rare jokes. Ah, get out of here, he said. He saw one corner of Roland's mouth twitch before he turned away. As Eddie started to push Susanna's chair again, something else caught his eye. Hey, Jake, he called. I think you made a friend. Jake looked around and a big grin overspread his face. Forty yards to the rear, the scrawny billy bumper... <laughs> wow. Billy Bumbler was limping industriously after them, sniffing at the weeds which grew between the crumbling cobbles of the Great Road. So they've officially added another crew member. The the final member of said cathet. We are finally, Together. after three books, complete. <laughs> yes, and you can't forget little Billy Bumbler. Can't forget. Oh, no, no, no. Always awesome. Uh, some hours later, Roland called a halt to them. Or, uh, some hours later, Roland called a halt and told them to be ready. For what, Eddie asked. Roland glanced at him. Anything. Three o'clock in the afternoon. Apparently, there are a lot, there's a lot of threes in their time, it seems like. But whether it's something 30, where it's three o'clock, it just seems like they're all threes all the time. <laughs> Okay, I thought on that one. <laughs> hmm. So pretty much. Uh, and then they're all kind of getting prepared for this. Getting themselves riled up. And so Eddie's like, Jake. <laughs> what? Eddie nodded to the butt of the Ruger, which protruded from the waistband of Jake's blue jeans, the extra pair he had tucked into his pack. Do you want me to carry that? <laughs> Jake glanced at Roland. The gunslinger only shrugged as if to say, It's your choice. Okay, Jake handed it over. So pretty much, Eddie is now armed. Eddie is armed, Susanna is armed, and... Roland. Roland is, is armed. armed. Because Susanna can shoot better than Eddie, I believe, right? I want to say that. I think point. they both had different traits. I don't remember. They both can shoot, though. Yeah. I was just wondering why Susanna had it and not Eddie. Because Roland can't have both of them. No. That would no, make, he, he... It wouldn't make sense. Yeah. He'd give one to them. I don't remember. We went over. The, Eddie and Susanna had different traits of yeah. which one did better at certain things. But I don't remember exactly which or why. I know Susanna had a great shot. Yeah. I remember the way... Because it went over that when he was training her in the woods. Mm -hmm. Like, she was a really, she was a really great shot... Shot, and I think it was because her instincts were better. I can't. I don't remember. It's it's it's, it's been a while. Been I don't remember book. that exact small detail. It's been a book. It has been a book. Was it at the beginning of this book? Wait, what did no. this start out with? No. Maybe. Yeah, bare and bone. Okay, it hasn't been a book. Yeah. yeah. No, it totally See? has not been a book. 
Okay, it feels this, like it's been a book. If it does feel like it's been a book. But yeah, so... So we don't know what we're talking yeah, about. I, but other than that... Anyways. Uh, Listen closely and heed me well, Roland said. If there are people, they'll likely be old and much more frightened of us than we are of them. The younger folk will be long gone. It's unlikely that those left will have firearms. In fact, ours may be the first guns many of them have ever seen, except maybe for a picture or two in the old books. Make no threatening gestures, and to the childhood... And the childhood rule is a good one. Speak only when spoken to. What about bows and arrows? Hazen asked. Yes, they may have those. Spears and clubs as well. Don't forget rocks, Eddie said bleakly, looking down at the cluster wood building. Oh, wooden building? This place looks like a ghost town. But who knew for sure? And if they're hard up for rocks, there's always the cobbles from the road. Yes, there's always something, Roland agreed. But we'll start no trouble ourselves. Is that clear? It's a, it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, let's not let's not start unnecessary trouble. No. Let's not. No one. No one get a uh, trigger happy. No, that that happens in all the movies, and it never ends well. It's not a good. Not the best way to do. <laughs> don't don't freak out and start shooting people. And then, of course, Suzanne's like, well, can't we go around? And Roland's like, it's best to go through. Unless you have no other choice, it is best to stay on your course. I so I see no reason not to here. And if there are people, well, that might be a good thing. We could do with a little palaver. Susanna reflected that Roland seemed different now, and she didn't think it was simply because the voices in his mind had ceased. This is the way he was when he still had wars to fight and men to lead, and his old friends around him, she thought, how he was before the world moved on, and he moved on with it, chasing that man Walter. This is how he was before the big empty turned him inward on himself and made him strange. Roland. Good old Roland. <sighs> and then he went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was brief, okay? It was a brief time. And so pretty much they're like, well, maybe these people might know something. So mm-hmm. it's probably best to talk to them. But then, of course, Susanna mentions, tell you what, Susanna said, I wouldn't come out if I saw us. Four people, three of them armed. We'd probably look like a gang of those old-time outlaws in your stories, Roland. What do you call them? Harriers. His left hand dropped to the sandalwood grip of his remaining revolver, and he pulled it a little way out of the holster. But no harrier ever born carried one of these, and if there are old timers in yon village, they'll know it. Let's go. Jake glanced behind them and saw the bumbler lying in the road with his muzzle between his short front paws, watching them closely. Oi! Jake called. Oi! the bumbler echoed and scrambled to his feet at once. Oi's oh, on his way? Yay! Good old Oi! And now he's officially been named. Yeah. <laughs> Merely because he can't say boy. Pretty much. <laughs> he has now become boy. He is now boy. Boy. He is not a seagull. <laughs> he can say other things. Boy. 
So, there what is... was that? Huh? What? Oh, I'm <laughs> I'm marked where I ended at, so I know that I'm not having to look all the way around. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. How does that make you feel? It might make you feel a whole lot better, in fact. Mm-hmm, I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, pay, pay no mind. Pay no mind. Pay no mind. Don't pay attention to the quill. And then we get a lot of description of the town. Yes. So it pretty much... This is a small town before the city. It is not the city of blood. This is a small little thing that they're walking through to get... To blood, technically. Yes. And it looks kind of like an old west town that's been crumbled to bits and pieces. Yes, for many, many, many years. Yeah. Many, 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 many centuries. Yeah. <laughs> it has food and grain stores. It has little wheel tracks as though carts have been going through it. Susanna sees a saloon. Mm-hmm. Uh, rolling with setting a slow, deliberate pace. However, and she supposed she knew why, hurrying might give the watchers the impression that they were scared and that they could be taken all the same. At the crossroads, the intersection street widened out, creating a town square which had been overrun by grass and weeds. In the center was an eroded stone marker. Above it, a metal box hung on a staggering length of rusty cable. This thing's just cool. Uh, Roland, <laughs> with uh, with Jake by his side, walked towards the marker. Eddie pushes in his chair after. Grass whispered in its spokes, and the wind tricked the locks of the hair. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Further along the street, she, the shutter banged, and she shivered to brush his hair. Wait, I don't care about all this. <laughs> I wish he'd hurry up, Eddie said in a low voice. This place gives me the creeps. Yes. So pretty much... She is looking and she's just... Susanna's observing this place and she feels like she had been here in another life because she's picking out things and being able to say what they were. And... Says, the gunslinger bent over the inscription on the marker. Great road, he said. Lud, 160 wheels. Wheels? Jake asked. An old form of measurement. Have you heard of blood? Eddie asked. Perhaps, the gunslinger said, when I was very small. It rhymes with crud, Eddie said. Maybe not such a good sign. <laughs> it rhymes with something, it must mean. Jake was examining the east side of the stone. River Road. It's written funny, but that's what it says. Eddie looked at the west side of the marker. It says Jimtown, 40 wheels. Isn't that the birthplace of Wayne Newton, Roland? Roland stared at him blankly. Shut my mouth, Eddie said, and rolled his eyes. Oh, Eddie, 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 Eddie. And now we've gotten our first real... I guess you would first real sign, maybe, that Jake can read high speech. Well, yeah, they mentioned uh, reading high speech. Well, later on they re- they mentioned that uh, Jake can understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if for some reason being in this world automatically makes them able to because Eddie and Susanna have been able to read and understand it this entire time. Mm-hmm. And so 
we now know that Jake, only being here a little while, can now read it and then later on actually understand hearing it. Which is weird because when Roland goes into their world, he can read some of their stuff. <laughs> some. <clears throat> Fancy side. It says pubes die. Yeah. Roland, when she had his attention, she pointed at the graffito. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> can we get out of here? <laughs> Soon. He bent down and pried a small chunk of cobble out of the road bed. He bounced it thoroughly in his left hand as he looked up at the metal box which hung over the marker. He cocked his arm and Susanna realized in an instant too late what he meant to do. No, Roland! She cried and then cringed back at the sound of her own horrified voice. He took no notice of her, but fired the stone upward. His aim was as true as ever, and it struck the box dead center with a hollow metallic bang. There was a whirl of clockwork within it, and the rusted green flag unfolded from the slot in the side. We have a good old-fashioned <laughs> traffic light. It's a Keystone Cops traffic light. If you hit it again, does it say stop? How clever. That's cool. How clever. That's cool. I'm still not quite sure why Roland did that. What do you mean? Why he... Why he threw a rock at it? Yeah. Because I'm sure he recognized what it was. But still, was it... Did he just want to be like, ha I know what that is. Y'all know what that is. Y'all know what that is. I know what it is. <laughs> I think it was more about just to see if it was still working. Because seems... everything else around the town looks dead It's just and weird. Broken. It just seemed like Roland didn't really have a lot of reason to do that. I could see Eddie doing that. <laughs> But not Roland. It just seemed out of place. I also think Roland already knew that people were watching them. Well, of course he knew. He's been knowing people were well, watching them. I mean, like, literally that this was going to be the time where people were going to come out. So I don't really think he was in the mindset of, oh, we got to keep quiet, guys. So I think he finally was just like, you know what? Let's break the silence. Yeah, a bit weird. We have company, Roland said quietly, and pointed toward the building Susanna thought of as the county courthouse. A man and a woman had emerged from it and were descending the stone steps. You and the cupy, Cupi? Cupy doll? Do you even know where you are? I, I had moved on a little oh, okay. bit. So I'm not sure where Just because the world has moved on doesn't mean that you... I have to move on as well. Cupi. Huh? Yeah. Cupid doll? I don't know. Susanna thought that they're older in God, both of them. The man was wearing bib overalls and had a huge straw sombrero. The woman walked with one hand clamped on his naked sunburned shoulder. Susanna saw she was blind and that the accident which had taken her sight must have been exceedingly horrible. Where her eyes had been, there were now only two shallow sockets filled with scar tissue. She looked both terrified and confused. Be they hairier, Sigh? She cried out in a cracked, wavering voice. You'll have us killed yet, I warrant. Shut up, Mercy, he replied. Like the woman, he spoke with a thick accent Susanna could barely understand. They ain't harriers, not these. There's a pube with them, I told you that. Ain't no harrier ever been traveling with a pube. Blind or not, she tried to pull away from him. He cursed and caught her arm. Quit it, Mercy. Quit it, I say. You fall down, now do yourself evil? Do yourself evil. 
We mean no harm, the gunslinger called. He used the high speech. And at the sound of it, the man's eyes lit up with inc- in- incredulity. Sure. Sure. Incredulity. That seems about right. Not a word I'm familiar with. The woman turned back, swinging her blind face in their direction. A gunslinger, the man cried. His voice cracked and wavered with excitement. For God, I knew it, I knew. Did you, though? Did you, though? You're just saying that now. (laughs) He began to run across the town square, pulling the woman after. She scrambled along helplessly, as Susanna waited for inevitably that moment when she must fall. But the man fell first, going heavily to his knees, and she sprawled painfully beside him on the cobbles of the great road. Just turn the page. Okay. Calm down. Waiting for the inevitable mark of approval. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Gunslinger, high speech. Okay, we're good. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Jake felt something furry against his ankle and looked down. Oi was crouched beside him, looking more anxious than ever. Jake reached down and cautiously stroked his head, as much to receive comfort as to give it. Its fur was silky, incredibly soft. For a moment, he thought the bumbler was going to run, but it only looked up at him, licked his hand, then looked back at the two new people. The man was trying to help the woman to her feet and not succeeding very well. Her head craned this way and that in avid confusion. Well, you kind of just dragged her across the town. She can't see, and then you fell to the ground, and she just got thrown to the ground with you, okay? (laughs) Yeah, she's going to be a little bit confused. It's a gunslinger. We bid ye welcome, gunslinger, he cried. Welcome indeed. I thought all your kind had perished from the earth, so I did. I thank you for your welcome, Roland said in the high speech. He put his hands gently on the blind woman's upper arms. She cringed for a moment, then relaxed and allowed him to help her up. Put on your hat, old timer. The sun is hot. Good old Roland. Thank you, everybody. That's right. He's just a kind old soul. To which we, we realize how important it is that a gunslinger, like how profound, like he's, this guy is literally crying that Roland is there. Mm-hmm. And of course she's still confused. She's like, Harriers? Are they Harriers still? <laughs> no, they're not Harriers, woman. She turned the empty She whispered, my see. Make sure the safe make sure of the safety and then give her Jake's gun. Why Jake's gun? I don't know. I did think that was a little weird because it's like that is the weirdest gun that they have. Yes, it's like I, it's <laughs> the most odd gun that they're going to have. Unless unless there's that. And then thing. quickly home dude sees it and then gives it back. It's like, oh it's a, not a real gun. <laughs> or he's got a real gun. Yeah. The gun slicker has a real gun. Maybe it's just a thing where you don't hand over your sandalwood grip gun of your elders. I guess so. You give them the weird, like, throwaway one. But you you, you have to keep the ones you need. Uh, Oi gave a shrill, uh, whistling bark. Jake turned and saw more people coming up the street. Five or six in all. Like, sigh and mercy. 
they were all old, and one of them, a woman, hobbling over a cane like a witch in a fairy tale, looked positively ancient. As they neared, Jake realized that two of the men were identical twins. Long white hair spilled over the shoulders of their patched homespun shirts. Their skin was as white as fine linen, and their eyes were pink. Albinos, he thought. The crone appeared to be their leader. The crone. The ancient crone. Positively ancient. That's amazing. Well, we get a little more description for later. It's like, no, no, she, she really is ancient. Of course, I don't know how old Roland is. Had- Roland, Roland has who knows what kind of age going on him. Because I think Eddie asked him before how old he was, and he's like... I'm sure he doesn't have a clue. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. I'm old, pretty much. Um, her eyes settled upon Roland. Hail, gunslinger. Well met. She spoke the high speech herself, and like Eddie and Susanna, Jake understood the words perfectly, although he guessed they would have been gibberish to him in his own world. Welcome to River Crossing. The gunslinger had removed his own hat, and now he bowed to her, tapping his throat three times rapidly with his diminished right hand. Thank you, sigh, old mother. What? However he does it. I don't know. I don't know why he's tapping of the throat. Seems... What was it? Uh, how many? Okay. So tapping his throat three times. Okay. I didn't remember if it said how many fingers, but I just, I don't understand. I, just, I don't understand. Tapping one's throat seems a... She cackled freely at this, and Eddie suddenly realized Roland had at the same time made a joke and paid a compliment. The thought which had already occurred to Santa, Susanna now came to him. This is how he was, and this is what he did. Part of it, anyway. Gunslinger ye may be, but below your clothes you're but another foolish man, she said, lapsing into low speech. Roland bowed again. Beauty has always made me foolish, mother. This time she positively cawed laughter. Oi shrank against Jake's leg. I would have too. <laughs> uh, one of the albino twins rushed forward to catch the ancient as she rocked backward within her dusty, cracked shoes. She caught her balance on her own, however, and made an imperious shooing gesture with one hand. The albino retreated. The ancient. The ancient. The ancient. Alright. Well, they're invited in. Be ye on a quest, gunslinger? No. Her green eyes gleamed shrewdly at him. The puckered pocket of her mouth worked in and out. Aye, Roland said. We go in search of the dark tower. The others only looked puzzled, but the old woman recoiled and forked the sign of the evil eye. Not at them, Jake realized, but to the southeast along the path of the beam. I'm sorry to hear it, she cried, for no one who ever went in search of that black dog ever came back. So said my grandfather and his grandfather before him. Not every one. Ka, the gunslinger said patiently, as if this explained everything, and Jake was coming to realize to Roland it did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ka, well, okay, well, I guess, okay, we're done. I guess that's the end of the argument there. Ka. Ka. Ka, 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 ka. Hmm. Uh, ah, she agreed. Black dog, ka. Well and well. Uh, you'll do as you're called and live along 
the path and die when it comes to the clearing and the trees. Will ye break bed with us? Will ye break bread with us before you push on, gunslinger? You and your band of knights? Roland bowed again. It is... What are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? Nothing. Nothing. Error. Error. What error? There was a minor error, and it was funny. And you corrected yourself. (laughs) Roland bowed again. It has been long and long since we have broken bread in company. In company. Others than our own. In company. I would think with others than our own. I don't know. Broken bread in company others than our own. Old mother. We cannot stay long, but yes. We'll eat your food and with thanks and pleasure. So it's time to eat. Yes. Time to eat. At least they're halfway right. Behold ye the return of the white after evil ways and evil days. The white comes again. Be of good heart and hold up your heads. For ye have lived to see the wheel of Ka begin to turn once more. The old woman whose name was Aunt Tilitha? Talitha, Tilitha. Talitha? 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 That's what I would guess. Talitha. Yeah. Not a name I'm aware of, but <laughs> Talitha it is. Could be Talitha, but either way. There's so many weird names. But it's, it's uh, starting to bring them into a church. Yeah. Another sign Death to Greys. So we have die, all, pubes die, and mm. death to graves. Everyone's going to die, apparently. Okay. So, they she brings them to this old, like, they, it looks like a run-down church, but when they get inside, everything is spotless. Like, the floors are oiled, everything is shining and gleaming, like, they are taking care of this place, just not the outside. For yep. a good reason. Starting to gather things, prepping for the meal, uh, when... Good old Eddie says, Come on, Jake, let's lend a hand. Nope, Aunt Talitha said briskly. We, we may be old, but we don't need company to lend a hand. Not yet, youngster. So they got this. They got this. They, they serving y'all. I know you're being nice, Eddie, by trying to help out the old people. The ancients. Old fools rupture themselves, Eddie muttered. But he followed the others, leaving the old men to their chosen table. And they get brought out to a beautiful garden. And and bug-eating plants, so that's always good. Yep. Tables. Fumes. This is one this is one place we keep the way it was in the old days before the world moved on, and we keep it hidden from those who ride through. Pubes, greys, harriers, they'd burn it if they knew, and kill us all for keeping such a place. They hate anything nice. All of them. It's the one thing those people have in common. So yeah, that's clearly why any time that's why all the buildings and stuff look run down, but everything else looks nice inside. It's because if they look nice on the outside, everybody dies. Pretty much. There's <laughs> a terrible, horrible people in this world who can't let anything be decent. So they have 
finally made it to, to their feast. Their feast. They were giving the nicest cups they own. Uh, or the guests get the nice cups. Yes, they're, they're all mixed match, but they're completely spotless. And then, of course, a dark liquid is poured, a dark golden liquid is poured into yeah. it. Roland leans over to Jake, who is sitting tailor fashion near the oval bed of the bright green flowers with Oi at his side. He murmured, Drink only enough to be polite, Jake, or we'll be carrying you out of the town. This is Gaff, strong apple beer. Yeah, yeah. Jake, don't, don't, don't get drunk. Don't get drunk, Jake. Um, will ye set us on with a word, gunslinger? Aunt Talitha asked. The gunslinger got to his feet, his glass upraised in his hand. He lowered his head as if in thought. The few remaining residents of River Crossing watched him respectfully, and Jake thought a little fearfully. At last he raised his head again. "'Will you drink to the earth and to the days which have passed upon it?' he asked. His voice was hoarse, trembling with emotion. "'Will you drink to the fullness which was, and to friends who have passed on? Will you drink to good company, well met? Will these things set us on, old mother?' She was weeping, Jake saw, but her face broke into a smile of radiant happiness all the same, and for a moment she was almost young. Jake looked at her with wonder and sudden dawning happiness. For the first time since Eddie had hauled him through the door, he felt the shadow of the doorkeeper truly leave his heart. Aye, gunslinger, she said, fair spoken. They'll set us on by the league, so they shall. To which everybody drinks. <laughs> drink, drink, drink. Good old uh, Jake tried a little. <laughs> he liked it. <laughs> but immediately was like, oh, I should probably put this down. <laughs> I don't want to get Jake too drunk. <laughs> Eddie thought the meal he ate that day was the best he had had since the mythic birthday feast of his childhood <laughs> when his mother had made it her business to serve everything he liked. Meatloaf and roasted potatoes and corn on the cob and deviled food cake with vanilla ice cream on the side. The sheer variety of edibles put before them, especially after the months they had spent eating nothing but lobster meat, deer meat, and the few bitter greens which Roland pronounced safe, undoubtedly had something to do with the pleasure he took in the food, but Eddie didn't think it was his sole answer. He noticed that the kid was packing it away by the plateful and feeding a chunk of something to the bumbler crouched at his feet every couple of minutes, and Jake hadn't been here a week yet. But he was already starving for good food. And I'm getting hungry. They had bowls of stew, they had fresh biscuits, cracks of sweet white butter, bowls of leaves that looked like spinach, but weren't it exactly? Eddie had never been crazy about greens, but at the first taste of these, some deprived part of him awoke and cried for them. He ate well of everything, but his need for the green stuff approached greed, and he saw Susanna was also helping herself to them again and again. Among the four of them, the travelers emptied three bowls of the leaves. Well, I mean, literally, they got to a point where they almost had scurvy, because... Yes. <laughs> You need, need, need nutrition. You need something other than only one thing ever. 
you will get deprived of certain vitamins and certain things. One of the reasons why the greens were probably very needed. Probably. You have to eat more than only meat. They returned with chunks of cake piled high on two thick white plates and a bowl of whipped cream. The cake gave off a sweetly fragrant smell that made Eddie feel as if he had died and gone to heaven. Only buffalo cream, Aunt Talisa said dismissively. No more cows. Last one croaked 30 years ago. Buffalo cream ain't no prize winner, but better than nothing. Bye, Daisy. Mm. I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah food, food officially <laughs> sounds pretty darn tasty at the moment. So pretty much, they're eating, and plates and stuff are being removed, and then new dishes are coming out, and then they're eating, and it's just repeat, repeat. And so they have dessert, and then finally, it is now time for coffee. Coffee, 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 coffee. I wouldn't say good coffee, but coffee nonetheless. So she has pretty much dismissed everyone except Cy, Bill, and Tim. So the gentleman we first met, and then the twins. Yep, the Alabama twins. Bill and Till. But which one's which? We can't possibly <laughs> even see them. We have no idea. We just go by their name. The rest of you take your coffee in the kitchen and so cut down the babble. Mind you make your manners before you go. Bill and Till, the albino twins, remained sitting at the foot of the table. The others formed a line and moved slowly past the travelers. Each of them shook hands with Eddie and Susanna, then kissed Jake on the cheek. The boy accepted this with good grace, but Eddie could see he was both surprised and embarrassed. When they reached Roland, they knelt before him and touched the sandalwood butt of his revolver, which jutted from the holster he wore on his left hip. He put his hands on their shoulders and kissed their old brows. Mercy was the last. She flung her arms around Roland's waist and baptized his cheek with a wet, ringing kiss. God bless and keep ye, gunslinger, if only I could see ye. Which world does a nice thing. Guides her hands to his face and see me with these. Yes. Tis a good face, but full of sadness and care. I fear for you and yours. Yet we are well met, are we not? He asked, and planted a gentle kiss on the smooth, worn skin of her forehead. Aye, so we are. So we are. Thank ye for your kiss, gunslinger. From my heart, I thank ye. Of course, it was a who asked Eddie asked who blinded her. He asked hoarsely. Harriers, Aunt Talitha said her name. Aunt the ancient. Aunt, aunt the ancient. Aunt the ancient. Aunt the ancient. Uh, did it with a branding iron. Oh my God, they did. Said it was because she was looking at him pert. Twenty-five years ago, that was drink your coffee now, all of you. It's nasty when it's hot, but it ain't nothing but road mud when it's cold. <laughs> road mud. That, that's that's quality coffee there. Quality. Road mud. He wouldn't call it road mud, but it wasn't exactly Blue Mountain Blend either. Susanna tasted hers and looked amazed. Why, this is chicory. Talitha glanced at her. I know it not. Docky is all I know, and docky coffee is all we've had since I had the woman's curse. How old are you, ma'am? Jake asked suddenly. Jake, you ask old ladies. <laughs> well, she's 150, so... Aunt Talitha looked at him surprised, then cackled. In truth, lad, I disremember. 
I recall sitting in the same place and having a party to celebrate my 80, but there were over 50 people setting out on this lawn that day, and Mercy still had her eyes. So if you go with that, Mercy lost her eyes 25 years ago, and you were 80, and there's some kind of gap. You're at least 105. Her own eyes dropped to the bumbler lying at Jake's feet. Oi didn't remove his muscle from Jake's ankle, but he raised his gold-ringed eyes to gaze at her. A billy bumbler. Bye, Daisy. It's been long and long since I've seen a bumbler in company with people. Seems they have lost the memory of the days when they walked with men. One of the albino twins bent down to pat Oi. Oi pulled away from him. Once they used to herd sheep, Bill, or perhaps it was Till, said to Jake. Did you know that, youngster? Jake shook his head. Do he talk? The albino asked. Some did in the old days. Yes, he does. He looked down at the bumbler who returned his head to Jake's ankle as soon as the strange hand left his general area. Say your name, Oi. Oi only looked up at him. Oi, Jake urged, but Oi was silent. Jake looked at Aunt Talitha and the twins, mildly... I can't never say this word right. Mildly chagrined? No, it's... uh. Shangrind? I can't say right. Either way. Okay. Well, he does, but I guess he only does it when he wants to. That boy doesn't look as if he belongs here, Aunt Talitha said to Roland. His clothes are strange, and his eyes are strange as well. He hasn't been here long, Roland smiled at Jake, and Jake smiled uncertainly back. In a month or two, no one will be able to see the strangeness. I, I wonder... So I do. And where does he come from? Far from here, the gunslinger said. Very far. She nodded. And when will he go back? Never, Jake said. This is my home now. God's pity you then, she said. For the sun is going down on this world. And it's going down forever. At that, Susanna stirred uneasily. One hand went to her belly as if her stomach was upset. Suze, Eddie asked. You all right? She tried to smile, but it was a weak effort. Her normal confidence and self-possession seemed to have temporarily deserted her. Yes, of course. A goose walked over my grave. That's all. What an interesting saying. What an interesting saying. What do you know about the city and the lands between here and there? Roland asked, picking up his coffee cup and sipping. Are there harriers? And who are these others, these greys and pubes? Aunt Talitha sighed deeply. Aunt Ancient. Aunt Ancient. Positively ancient. He'd heard much, Gunslinger, and we know but little. One thing I know is that this, the city, an evil place, especially for the youngster. Any youngster. Is there any way you can steer around it as you go your course? (coughs) (coughs) Die. Death, death is a good way to steer around something. Uh, Is that really steering around? (laughs) You're definitely not going through it. (laughs) Perhaps, he said at last, but his voice was oddly reluctant. I suppose we could skirt around Ludd to the southwest and pick up the beam on the far side. It's the beam you follow, she said. Aye, I thought so. And then, of course, Eddie starts letting his mind wander to wise old elves. And people with great knowledge and maps and maybe technology and stuff about the Dark Tower. Eddie's got a... 
Active imagination. And he said, even if the people, you know, even if there weren't people, there might be books at least. Books are rare, but they should have something. It's a city. How would a city not have books? He opened his mouth to say some of these things, but Jake spoke before he could. I don't think we can go around, he said, then blushed a little when they all turned to look at him. Oi shifted at his feet. No, Aunt Talitha, Talitha said. And why do ye think that, pray tell? Do you know about trains? Jake asked. There was a long silence. Bill and Till exchanged an uneasy glance. Aunt Talitha only looked at Jake steadily. Jake did not drop his eyes. I heard of one, she said, and mayhap even saw it. Over there, she pointed in the direction of the send. Long ago, when I was but a child, the world hadn't moved on, or at least not so far as it has now. Is it Blaney speak of, boy? Jake's eyes flashed in surprise and recognition. Yes, Blaine! Roland was studying Jake closely. And how would ye know of Blaine the Mono? Aunt Talitha asked. Mono? Jake looked blank. Aye, so it was called. How would you know of that old lay? Old lay? Jake looked helplessly at Roland, then back at Aunt Talitha. I don't know how I know. And that's the truth that he thought suddenly. But it's not all the truth. He knows more than he wants to tell here. And I think he's scared. This is our business, I think, Roland said. A dark, brisk admiration. Big bird. Administrator. There you go. Voice. You must let us work it out for ourselves, old mother. Aye, she agreed. You'll keep your own counsel, best such as us not know. What of the city, Roland prompted. What do you know of Lud? It was Bill and Till who actually did most of the talking. I still find it funny that Eddie's like, and that's the truth. Because that was all throughout Jake's thing. (laughs) Blaine is a pain. And that's the truth. Indeed. Blaine is a pain. So yes, they find out that really they don't even know as much. And a lot of it is just stuff that they've heard from their great-great-grandparents. Um, says, oh, the old people knew nothing of the city's original residents, of course, or the technologies they had used to build the towers and turrets. These were the great old ones, and their history had been lost in the furthest reaches of the past, even when Aunt Talitha's great-great-grandfather had been a boy. The buildings are still standing, Eddie said. I wonder if the machines the great golden oldies used to build them still run. <laughs> Golden oldies, like the Golden Girls. <laughs> Mayhap, one of the twins said. If so, young fellow, there don't be any men or women that lives there now who still know how to run them. Or so I believe, so I do. Nah, nay, his brother said argumentatively. I doubt the old ways are entirely lost to the greys and pubes even now. He looked at Eddie. Our da said, that was once electric candles in the city. There are those who say they might still burn. Imagine that, Eddie replied wonderingly. And Susanna pinched his leg hard under the table. 
Yeah, imagine that. You pushed a button and they came on, bright heatless candles with airy wicks or reservoirs for oil. And I've heard it said that once in the old days, Quick, the outlaw prince, actually flew up into the sky in a mechanical bird. But one of its wings broke and he died in a great fall like Icarus. Susanna mouth dropped open. You know the story of Icarus? Aye, lady, he said, clearly surprised she found this strange. He is of the beeswax wings. Beeswax. So, a giant mechanical bird. Giant mechanical bird. With a broken wing. Hmm. I wonder, wonder what that could have been. I have no idea. I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> and then, of course, Eddie's mind starts wandering again. <laughs> yeah, like it tends to do. Just the thought of all that machinery and just someone with knowledge that... Oh, wait, I know how to flip a switch. Exactly. It might be as easy as flipping a switch. Eddie, you're really very... You're way too hopeful here. Susanna elbowed him and asked in a low voice what was so funny. Eddie shook his head and put a finger to his lips, earning an irritated look from the love of his life. Yeah. There's a fancy bridge they're going to have to cross. A great thing of steel cables. It stands in the sky like a web of some great spider, he added shyly. I should like to see it again before I die. So it kind of sounds like the San Francisco Bridge. Like the what? The San Francisco Bridge. Oh, San Francisco Bridge. <laughs> That's at least what I picture it as. Hmm. What? I was trying to figure out where I stopped at. Oh. I, you said 10, so I stopped I lied. at 10. I lied. I stopped at 11. <laughs> I thought it was 10, but I have notes through 11. Oh my goodness. Well, by mind, I'm down with part, though I technically read it anyways, but <laughs> I just don't have notes for it. Tell them what's happened since and why the city's so dangerous now. Apart from any haunts they that may den there, that is, and I'll warrant there's a power of them. These folks want to get on, and the sun's on the western. Hmm. So, do we want to go the other two pages, or end here at ten? That's fine. There's not much more to read. There's not much continue. I only well, have like one more note because well, I didn't read. The, I did. These were just not. There wasn't much here, in my opinion. <laughs> Pretty much, it just says, which were now plaguing, taking place, and it could be summed up in a single compound sentence. Once there was a world we knew, but that world has moved on. And then we get the story. I only have one note. What? I don't have anything. That's the thing. It's these. If there's anything you want to touch on, we can touch on. As I said, I read it, but I don't have notes on it because 
I read it like, what, a week ago? <laughs> Uh, pretty much they gather there was a great civil war that of course all the different kingdoms were falling Sai decides to pipe in which he's been silent the entire time mm-hmm. uh, about giving tribute to people and they took a lot of their men to go give tribute and found the place was destroyed they lost most of their men on there, going there and back, and no one's left since. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Watches, of course, were posted. When great when the riders were seen approaching, almost always moving southeast, everyone pretty much hid, and they're like, nobody's here. <laughs> they don't know why the drums are going. We know not of the god drums, Sai told them. The war had originally been the Harriers and the Outlaws against a loose confederation of artisans and manufactories who lived in the city. The residents had decided to fight instead of allowing the Harriers to loot them, burn their shops, and then turn the survivors out into the Big Empty, where they would almost certainly die. And for some years they had successfully defended Lud against the vicious but badly organized group of raiders which tried to storm across the bridge or invade by boat and barge. You mean the city people used guns? And he asked. One of the Albanos nodded. Aye, guns. But not just guns. There were things of hurling that hurled the firebangs over a mile or more. Explosions like dynamite. Only more powerful. What became, in effect, the last fortress of refuge? Of the latter world. So pretty much it just says the great old ones were gone and their machines were a mystery and the silent wonders which remained were inedible. Little by little the character of the war began to change. The balance of power had shifted to the besieging greys, so called because they were, on average, much older than the city dwellers. Those latter were also growing older, of course. They were still known as pubes, but in most cases their puberty was long behind them, and they eventually either forgot how the old weapons worked or used them up. Probably both, Roland grunted. Some ninety years ago, within the lifetimes of Sai and Aunt Tilitha. Talitha. We're just going to change her name every time we say it. It's just a weird name. See, it was the last armor these parts had ever seen, and it was led by a warrior prince named David Quick, the same fellow who supposedly later fell to his death from the sky. He had organized the Regal had outlaw bands and hung around the city, killing them. You're mumbling. I am mumbling. Just getting through it. But with old history, the only thing that's important in all this is David Quick, yes. who flew. And the mechanical bird to which Aunt Tilitha, whatever, claimed er, earlier, which we skipped over a little mm. bit. Impossible. No such thing. Man has never flown. And you'd be wrong. 
says the descendants of the original city dwellers must not know must now be almost as old as we are although there are still some yonkers who go to be among them drawn by the old stories and the lure of the knowledge which may still remain there these two sides still keep up their old enmity gunslinger and both would desire this young man you call eddie if the dark-skinned woman is fertile they will not kill her even though her legs are short-ended they would keep her to bear children, for children are fewer now, and all the old sickness are passing, some are still born strange. At this, Susanna stirred, seemed about to say something, then only drank the last of her coffee and settled back into her former listening position. But if they would desire the young man and woman, Genslinger, I think they would lust for the boy. Jake bent and began to stroke Ori's fur again. Roland saw his face and knew what he was thinking. It was the passage under the mountain all over again. Just another version of the slow mutants. You'd be just killed as soon... You, they'd just as soon kill, Aunt Telissa said. For you are a gunslinger. A man out of his own time and place. Neither fish nor fowl. And no use to either side. But a boy can be taken, used, schooled, to remember some things and to forget all others. They've all forgotten whatever it was they had to fight about in the first place. The world has moved on since then. Now they just fight to the sound of those awful drum beats. Some few still young, most of them old enough for the rocking chair, like us here. All of them stupid grots who only live to kill and kill to live. She paused. Now that now that you've heard us old cruelies, cullies, to the end, are you sure you would not be best to go around and leave them to their business? Before Roland could reply, Jake spoke up in a clear, firm voice. Tell what you know about Blaine the Mono, he said. Tell about Blaine and Engineer Bob. I'm not as positive as much to do with Engineer Bob. I don't know if Engineer Bob has a lot to do with a lot of things. Maybe, maybe. All right, and that reaches our halfway point. We'll read the other, like it's like exactly twenty-five pages. Next time, which I went too far, which will lead us to Bridge, Bridge and, and City. City, which is still in this book, right? Yes. Yes. Well, there there isn't another book. I don't think. Oh. There isn't a book okay. three. So <laughs> it kind of has to be. I wouldn't have been surprised. Okay. Uh, and I think this one's gonna be. Oh yeah, this one's gonna be a long one. Jesus, like, cheese and crackers. Like a long one. We'll figure it out. Um, a long one, as in it might be the rest of the book. <laughs> yeah, and it's some good parts though. Some good stuffs. But. Still, I don't think there's a hat. We this, have to make our own. We're gonna, we're gonna. We're gonna. This might get split into like three. I don't think there's another point for us to stop. No. Okie do. Yeah, okie do. We got this. Do, do we? Do we really? Yes. Nope. There's another one somewhere in there. I just missed it. What riddle? But yeah, but it's still a long way away. Riddle and wastelands. But it's from. 271 to 391. <laughs> it's 120 pages. Well, 
We're not going to read 60 pages a piece. Well. That'll turn into a three-hour podcast each time. So we're going to have to find some middle ground in there. But I think Riddle Wasteland will be like, just like one time. Because 391 and the end of the book is 422. So it's by itself. It'll be just one single. All right. The end. Let us know what you thought of that. Hopefully you're reading along. The book is pretty fantastic. Yes. I can't imagine you only like us and reading 25 pages a week, which would be a bit insane. It's just going to get better from here. Or worse. I don't know which, but it's going to get better. Uh, the rest of the book is great. And the next book is also really good, but very different. Yes. Very different. Very, very different. All right. We'll do that next time. We'll finish up that chapter. As always, you can reach me at Stars Untraveled. Reach Amanda at KZ Pup. Reach the show at Beyond Our Focus on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and podcast services around the globe. Maybe. Who knows? Sweden. 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 <laughs> uh, leave a comment down below. Let us know what you thought of the video. Throw a like on there. It'd be nice. Subscribe to the channel because that would be even better. Please. Anything else? All right. Till next time, long days and pleasant nights.